Welcome to this edition of the Peace and Power Podcast, where we rediscover the life of peace and power envisioned in God's Word. Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. So we turn now to God's message, the Bible, as it teaches us to live in that flow of spirit peace and spirit power. It may be helpful for you to follow the outline of each talk, which is available in the show notes, and you will find the full transcript on our website, peaceandpowerpodcast.com. That's peaceandpowerpodcast.com. Here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. Five-year-old Kyle was watching carefully as the church offering plate was being passed. He was usually in the church nursery during the service, but today he was in big church, seated between his parents. He noticed that people were putting something in the plate as it was handed from person to person. So he got up on his knees in the pew and he quickly asked his mom, what are people putting in there? His mother whispered, they are putting in money. They are giving it to God. It's called the offering. Kyle's mind was clicking. How the shiny plates would get to God, he wasn't quite sure, but he wanted to do what the adults were doing. He tugged at his mom's sleeve and said impatiently, I want to be an offerer too. Mommy, I want to be an offerer too. She quickly reached into her purse and then her pocketbook and pulled out a quarter and gave it to Kyle just in time as the plate passed. He wanted to stare into the plate, but it was passing too quickly, so he dropped in the quarter and it clanked against the metal plate. With wide, excited eyes, Kyle turned to his dad. Hey, Dad, Dad, I'm an offerer, too. I'm an offerer. As a pastor for many years, I can verify that a scene like this has played out in countless churches, whether it was Kyle or Sidney or some other five-year-old. But Kyle's particular phrase captures the deeper reason for passing the offering plate. Yes, there is the practical side of giving to God's kingdom work. Some ministry in this world requires funding. But Kyle's words point not so much to the offering, but the offerer. I want to be an offerer, too. I want to be an offerer. One of the Bible's most dramatic scenes about giving offerings to God is in Exodus chapter 35. Hear now that story. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skins and fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chestpiece. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle and its sacred tent, its covering, its clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the ark and its carrying poles, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, 
the inner curtain to shield the ark, the table, its carrying poles and all its utensils, the bread of the presence, for light, the lampstand, its accessories, the lamp cups, and the olive oil for lighting, the incense altar and its carrying poles, the anointing oil and fragrant incense, the curtain for the entrance to the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and its carrying poles and utensils, the wash basin with its stand, the curtains for the walls of the courtyard, the posts and their bases, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and the courtyard and their ropes, the beautifully stitched garments for the priest to wear while ministering in the holy place, the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priests. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents, all whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals, and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. All those who owned the following items willingly brought them, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, and tanned ram skins and fine goatskin leather. And all who had silver and bronze objects gave them as a sacred offering to the Lord. And those who had acacia wood brought it for use in the project. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen cloth. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts, and gave them freely to the Lord. Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread, on fine linen cloth, and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. The Lord has gifted Bezalel, Aholiab, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle, just as the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab, 
and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel and sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, The people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. In the biblical narrative we just heard, God's people, ancient Israel, have just escaped the horrors of slavery under the Pharaoh of Egypt. Moses, their political and spiritual leader, has come down from the mountain with God's law that instructs this newly forming nation how they will live for God and with one another. In a part of that law are the detailed instructions for the tabernacle, a portable worship tent, which will be their house of worship. Now, the way this story begins, you might think that God demands offerings of Israel. After all, in verses 4 and the first part of verse 5, we read, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. After all, this is a practical project. The temple won't be built unless there are tangible materials and actual construction. But the remainder of the story clarifies that even though God is commanding that materials be assembled, God is actually less focused on the offering and more focused on the offerers. The offerers will decide how obedient and generous they will be in the offering for this project. Of course, they are only offering back to God what God has given to them. Again and again, God has been their provider. Not only are they humans living on God's earth, eating food that comes from that earth, breathing God's air, and drinking God's water, but the Lord has graciously given them special providence by setting them free from slavery and giving them that food and water in the desert while they're following the Lord to a promised land. And it's in that promised land they will be given even greater provision and protection. Our experience really is the same as theirs, isn't it? All of the general provisions and resources we humans have and use are provided by the Creator. Remember in our story about Kyle that his parents had a quarter to give Kyle to offer. He could only offer what was given to him. And the same is true of Kyle's parents. Any and all resources they had ultimately came from God's world and God's blessing. Nothing is truly ours. It is a gift from God to us. We are only stewards of God's creation and provisions. But each of us can also name special provisions from God with which he has blessed us. The irony, then, is that what we call our offering to God was initially offered to us by God. Our offerings are really a return gift to God to express our gratitude and our worship. Isn't this captured well in that beautiful hymn, We Give Thee But Thine Own? The first stanza declares this, We give thee but thine own. Whate'er the gift may be, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. 
you do not have any material thing, general or specific, that God has not in some way given to you. And we're going to discover in this passage that this is also true of our natural giftedness and our acquired skills as individuals. It is God who enables us to have such giftedness and skills. And the God who inspires us with those asks us to use those for God's purposes and God's kingdom. So, now we begin to see what this offering for the tabernacle story will really be about. Not so much about the offerings for the tabernacle, but God's mission to turn the ancient Israelites into offerers, into grateful and generous people. The tabernacle will not be worshipped. It is God, Yahweh, the Lord, who will be worshipped in the tabernacle. And God will be worshipped because God is a generous, giving God, the one who kept them alive during their 400-year slavery, the one who heard their cries for freedom in Exodus 3-7, and sent a deliverer, Moses. This is the God who will continue providing food and water for them in the desert, who has provided the law to guide them, who promises to provide them this land flowing with milk and honey, and to make them a powerful, prosperous nation. What should be their response? to these good gifts of a good God, they should praise God with all they have and all they are. And one of the ways they praise God is by giving to God. Giving materials and time and talent to build this tabernacle will be one more way God is shaping them into generous offerers. This is why the very next sentence is no longer about a command, but about an opportunity. The last part of verse 5 Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. They have the opportunity to become shaped into a generous community, one by one, each of them, as generous individuals. You know, I love to teach children the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, especially if I can give them some Play-Doh to shape and work with their hands as we hear the story uh, together. I ask them to shape the Play-Doh into the sun or the moon or a bird or a fish, some other animal, as they listen to the creation story. Then we talk about how God is still recreating us. As disciples of Jesus, we are continually being shaped, recreated by the Holy Spirit living within us to be like Christ. Paul described it this way in Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And I thank God that he is still shaping me. I am not completed yet. I am an ongoing project. I am becoming a new creation in Jesus. You know, in our opening story about Kyle, God was at work through Kyle's mother and his church family and his church tradition by shaping him into an offerer. In Genesis chapter 35, which we heard, God gave the Israelites a list of needed items. These materials and items will be needed to construct and arrange the tabernacle as a house of worship. So God identifies how the Israelites can best be generous from the wealth the Egyptians gave to them as they left Egypt. That was described in Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. 
Not long ago, a man approached my spouse, Tammy, and said he wanted to give generously to the congregation that she pastors. But he didn't know the current needs, and so he wondered if she could identify a project that needed funding. Could she list some of the needs? Now, he gave joyfully to the needs that she identified, and here the Lord is helping the Israelites to be generous by identifying the need, the need for a portable worship tent and all the materials that it will take to build it. Certainly, in the ancient Middle East, other religions had such tents of worship, but in their tents were idols representing their gods. Nothing on this list is an idol. These objects are not to be worshipped. They are furniture in this house of worship. The God of Israel, Yahweh, the Lord, is invisible, and so God's likeness cannot be made into an idol. The same is true in a Christian church sanctuary. We have wooden pews and furniture covered with cloth and candles and a cross to facilitate our worship of the living but invisible God that God made visible to us in Jesus Christ. But we do not worship pews or candles. They only assist us in the worship of our invisible God. Now, all of these tabernacle materials will have to be constructed and crafted. So not only will the Israelites need to offer special resources, but to offer special skills. Isn't it interesting that God even mentioned specific people like Bezalel and Aholiab? God is also aware of groups of people who have special skills, like those skilled in sewing. The Lord knows my natural abilities and my learned abilities and expects me to use them generously for his kingdom. God doesn't expect me to use talents and skills I do not have or to be jealous of the talents and skills and ability of others. Remember earlier in Exodus when God spoke from the burning bush and called Moses to become a leader? And God asked Moses what Moses was holding in his hand, Exodus 4.2. It was a shepherd's staff. And God assured Moses that what God needed Moses to be, Moses already knew how to be, a shepherd leader. And the Lord would empower Moses to get that job done. God will also empower you to do what he has called you to do. I love how the great missionary to India, Amy Carmichael, expressed this when she wrote, God's calling is God's empowering. God won't call us to do something that God does not intend to empower us to do. And look how generous the Israelites were. Moses had to tell them to stop giving. The offering plates were full and overflowing. They had become hilariously generous offerers. We see later in the Exodus story for certain that some of them were not offerers, but complainers. But that will always be true of some people, won't it? Surely others of them were always humble, joyful, sacrificial offerers. What a great example they are to us, especially we who live in affluent societies that often teach us to keep and hoard instead of being open-handed and sacrificial. We, the church, the Lord's people today, have an even more perfect example of a generous giver, and that's Jesus. Jesus, who sacrificed himself for us, Ephesians 5.2. He gave up the material comforts of a home by traveling around, Matthew 8.20, and gave sacrificially to fulfill his own calling 
as the Savior of the world, John 16, 28. And we are his true disciples when we become offerers. Remember this peace and power principle. God cares less what we give with our hands and more that we become givers with our hearts. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast today, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, And our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.